If you ever thought about starting your own podcast, you should check out Riverside. Riverside is an online recording studio that lets you record podcasts and video in studio quality from anywhere. And if you click on the affiliated link in the episode description and you buy a subscription, you will also be supporting the podcast. And if you are going to start your own podcast or you just want to continue to listen to great podcasts, you're going to need headphones or speakers. If you click on the Amazon affiliated link, you can get great deals on headphones and speakers. And if you make a purchase, it will also help support the podcast. And if you ever want to read a book I have mentioned on this podcast, I now have an affiliated link for Bookshop. All the affiliated links that I mentioned will be in the episode description for this episode. This is just a reminder that this podcast has merch and a Patreon, and if you could contribute to one of those to help keep this podcast going, I would greatly appreciate it. I just wanted to give a quick content warning in this episode. I very briefly mentioned sexual assault. It is very briefly, but I will still leave timestamps in the episode description for this episode in case you need or want to skip over that part. If you do, please feel free to do so. Alright, now let's get started on this episode. time since the beginning of recorded history and I'm sure even before that women have been forced into roles they have been forced into boxes usually those roles have something to do with domestic life if you look back at history you will also find that there has always been women willing to push against the gender norms forced on them oftentimes history does its hardest to erase those trailblazers but Some make it through the cracks to inspire future generations. Ahoy! My name is Courtney Jewell, and you are listening to the 12th episode of the third season of History Shelf, a podcast about history that proves that sometimes fact is even more interesting than fiction. Tis season three, oh, History Shelf, and I have titled this season, Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me. In this season be all about pirates, the pirates and scallywags that sailed the seven seas, and some rivers, looking for booty as they made their travels. Some of these pirates came from humble beginnings, while others surprisingly came from well-to-do families. But no matter where or who they came from, they all had one thing in common. They we be pirates. And for this week, I am talking about Anne Bonny. I get too deep into Anne Bonny's story, I just wanted to let you know that we're not 100% sure if the information that we have on Anne is accurate or not. If you've listened to any of the previous episodes that I've done this season, then you already know that that's a common theme with pirates, especially the pirates that came from the golden age of piracy, but 
I just wanted you to have that in the back of your mind as we go along during this episode. All right. Anne was born sometime between 1690 and 1700 near Cork, Ireland. The story goes that her mother was Mary Brennan and her father was William McCormack. William was a married lawyer and Mary was his servant. William's wife became sick and she moved in with her mother-in-law so she could be taken care of. And while his wife was away, William had a little fling with Mary. This fling produced Anne. William eventually moved to London to get away from his wife and her family. There in London, he dressed Anne as a boy and started to call her Andy. He was training her to be a lawyer's clerk, but word got back to William's wife that William had his illegitimate daughter dressing up as a boy and was using her as a lawyer's clerk. She was upset and she cut off the allowance that she was giving him. William then dropped the Mick from his surname and he moved to what is present-day Charleston, South Carolina with Anne and Anne's mother, Mary. He moved there because his affair and illegitimate child caused quite the scandal and he lost a lot of his clientele. When Anne was around 13 years old, she lost her mother to typhoid fever. So then it was just Anne and her father on a plantation in Charleston, South Carolina. Anne had red hair and a fiery personality to match. She apparently stabbed a servant girl when she was 13. Anne was considered to be quite the catch. Her father had betrothed Anne to a local man, but Anne had her own idea for her life. In 1718, she eloped with the sailor and pirate James Bonney, much to her father's chagrin. Because William believed that his daughter deserved better than the poor James Bonney, he kicked his daughter out of his house and he disowned her. It has been said that Anne's response to her father disowning her was that she burned her father's plantation, but there's no evidence to support this claim. So since her father disowned her, she moved to Nassau in the Bahamas. I covered Nassau in the Benjamin Hornigold episode I did earlier this season. Nassau was a pirate haven. If you want to learn more about Nassau, you can listen to Benjamin's episode. There in Nassau, she frequented taverns and she hung out with pirates. Anne was not a woman that you wanted to mess with. Shortly after arriving to Nassau, there was a one-eared sailor that kept blocking her way as she was trying to get by. Anne took out her gun and she shot off his other ear. According to the unreliable text, A General History of Pirates, there was a man that tried to rape Anne. But Anne beat her would-be attacker so much that he, quote, lay ill of it a considerable time, end quote. The governor of the Bahamas, Woods Rogers, offered up a pardon to pirates. Anne's husband, James, took this pardon, and he put the life of piracy behind him. Anne, though, wasn't ready for the slow and quiet life. Being the wife of a fisherman and informant that ratted out the pirates that he once sailed along with did not interest Anne. Anne left her husband. 
She first lived with a pirate named Henry Jennings and his mistress Meg. This isn't the first time Henry has popped up this season, but to refresh your memory, he was the nemesis of Benjamin Hornigold. Anne was advised to get some male protection, but honestly, I don't think she needed it. She seemed more than capable of taking care of herself, but during her time, women were seen as the weaker sex. She took the wealthiest man on the island as her lover. He was a merchant named Chidley Bayard. Apparently, Chidley had a lover named Maria Vargas, and Anne dueled with her and killed her. Anne wouldn't stay with Chidley forever, however. Eventually, she took up with the pirate John Rackham, better known as Calico Jack. John wanted to marry Anne. When Anne's husband found out about his wife's affair, John offered to buy her freedom. Buying a divorce was illegal to do, but it was common at the time. James didn't take John's offer, and instead, he informed Woods Rogers about her affair. He told Woods, quote, She'll kill me if she's set free, end quote. Woods ordered Anne to return to her husband, or she would be flogged. Anne picked door number three. She ran off with John and became a pirate. Anne's first raid was actually before she took off with John. It was with her friend that was either named Pierre Busebute, Pierre Delvin, or Peter Boskett, also known as Pierre the Pansy Pirate. Pierre ran a coffee, hairdressing, and dressmaking shop. They got a boat and they covered the topsail deck and themselves in turtle blood and they raided a French merchant man for expensive materials that Pierre could use in his shop. In the bow of the boat they placed one of Pierre's dressmaker's dummies. It was dressed in women's clothing and soaked in blood. Anne stood over the dummy with an axe also covered in blood and they sailed towards the ship. The crew was horrified, and they gave up the ship without a fight. Now, I mentioned a few episodes back on the Bartholomew Roberts episode that women were seen as bad luck to have at sea. And that is true. Women pirates during this time suffered from the sexism that afflicted women as mermaids or sirens that lured and seduced men in order to drown them. But... That didn't mean that all women during this time were at home cooking, cleaning, and attending to the children. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And Bonnie wasn't the only woman pirate of her time either. Anne once again dressed as a male when she took off with John. They stole a ship called the William in August of 1719. On September 5th, 1719, Woods Rogers issued a warrant for the arrest of John and his crew, including Anne. The warrant revealed that Anne went by the alias Anne Fulford. Some sources say that Anne was dressed as a man all the time, while others say that she only dressed as a man when she was fighting. But all accounts agree that she was fierce. Dorothy Thomas was attacked by Anne Bonney, and she gave an eyewitness account. Quote, they wore men's jackets and long trousers and handkerchiefs tied about their heads and each of them had a machete and pistol in their hands. They cursed and swore at the men to murder her. End quote. The her that she is referring to is herself. 
She also said that she knew that they were women by, quote, from the largeness of their breasts, end quote. The other woman that Dorothy was referring to was another pirate named Mary Reed. Mary was a part of the same crew as Anne, and she also dressed like a man. It is said that Mary's mother had gotten pregnant first with Mary's half-brother, and then she got pregnant with Mary by another man while Mary's half-brother's father was away. Mary's half-brother died, and to get the money from his father's family, Mary's mother dressed Mary as her half-brother. And that is how Mary started dressing in male clothing. Historian Jay Rogozinski wrote that the reason why Anne and Mary were allowed on the ship by other pirates was because they, quote, made themselves available to everyone in Rackman's small crew, end quote. Supposedly before Anne knew that Mary was a woman, Anne fell for her. When Anne admitted her feelings to Mary, Mary then told Anne that she was a woman. This has caused people to speculate what Anne's sexual orientation was. Some have hypothesized that Anne may have been a lesbian, or bisexual, or pansexual. John, at first, was jealous of Anne's attraction to Mary, but when he found out that Mary was a woman, he then helped both Anne and Mary keep their sexes secret. Anne, John, Mary, and the rest of the crew took ships in the Bahamas, Jamaica, Bermuda, and Hispaniola. They took cargo like tobacco and peppers. Crew members from the ships that they raided were allowed to join their crew if they wanted to. Though they were pirates during the golden age of piracy, they never made it big like pirates like Bartholomew Roberts, Samuel Bellamy, or even Blackbeard. They were what you would consider small-time pirates. Anne became pregnant by John. When her pregnancy was nearing the end, they headed to Cuba. In Cuba, Anne gave birth to her son. Some accounts say that her son was a stillborn, while others say that he was abandoned. Either way, after Anne gave birth, they both returned to the seas and their pirate ways. But the party couldn't last forever. In November of 1720, they were anchored in western Jamaica. Jonathan Barnett attacked them with his ship, the Tiger. He had been sent by the governor of Jamaica, Nicholas Laws, to stop them. The crew of 18 were no match for Jonathan. Anne, Mary, and one man were actually the only ones that fought. The rest of the crew, including John, hid below deck, probably drunk. They were all captured and taken to Spanish Town in Jamaica for their trial. Anne and Mary were tried separately for piracy from the men on November 28, 1720. The trial revealed another alias Anne used. It was Bond. Everyone pleaded not guilty, even though they were. They were all found guilty. John was hanged, but not before Anne told him, quote, If you had fought like a man... You wouldn't be hanged like a dog. End quote. Anne was sentenced to be hanged, but her sentence was delayed. As was Mary's, because they both admitted to being pregnant. 
A pregnant woman could not be hanged. They had to wait for the baby to be born. Mary would end up dying in prison due to fever. But Anne? Well, we don't know. There are stories, but I can't tell you which, if any, of the stories are correct. She could have escaped prison, or possibly she could have been pardoned. Her father's connections may have helped her escape the news. There is a story that Anne became the mistress of the pirate Robert Fenwick. He had settled into a quiet life in Charleston, South Carolina, and Anne had got bored with that life, and so she ran off with a lover. But she returned after Robert had had her lover hanged. There is also a recorded death for an Anne Bonny in Jamaica in December of 1733. So perhaps that is the Anne Bonny. Who knows? What is known is that even though she wasn't a pirate for long and she didn't make it rich, she has still had a cultural impact. People are intrigued by this female pirate. I know that she was one of the pirates that made me want to do this theme this season. Anne is mentioned in Charlie Kaufman's novel Antkind. She is also in the book Seizure by Kathy Rikes. She is a main character in the docu-series The Lost Pirate Kingdom. She is a main character in the TV series Black Sails. She is a character in the anime series Fena, Pirate Princess. Anne appears as a ghost in the episode of CBS Radio's Mystery Theater titled The Strange Voyage of the Lady D. The character Rory Bonnie in the manga One Piece is named after Anne. Minnie Driver will play her in an upcoming season of Our Flag Means Death. Jean Peters' character in the film Anne of the Indies is based off of Anne. Anne is in the animated film Detective Coem, Jolly Roger in the Deep Azur. She is a character in the German animated film The Abra Facts Under the Black Flag. She is a character in the film The Spanish Main. She is in the film Abbott and Costello Meet Captain Kidd. The play by Steve Gooch titled The Women. Pirates Anne Bonny and Mary Reed is obviously about Anne Bonny and Mary Reed. She is a character in the play The Buccaneers. The one-woman show A Boy Called Anne is about her. She is in the video game Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. She is a playable character in the video game Fate slash Grand Order. She is a pirate lord in Uncharted 4 A Thief's End. She is featured in the song The Ballad of Mary Reed and Anne Bonny by the Baja Brigade. The hip-hop group Death Grips have a song called Anne Bonny. The song Anne Bonny is on the album The Legend of Anne Bonny by Carlene. Adam and the Ants have a song titled Five Guns West, and both Anne Bonny and Mary Reed come up in that song. There is also a character named Anne Bonny in the podcast Dark Future Dice. On November 18, 2020, a statue of both Anne Bonny and Mary Reed was unveiled at London's execution docks. The plan was to move the statue to Burr Island in Devonshire, England, but the statue caused some controversy. People were horrified that there was a statue that was celebrating two pirates. They said that it was inappropriate. One said that it didn't capture the energy of the two women. Another said that a fisherman's wife would be a better statue. One said that the statue was a, quote, very patriarchal view of two skinny women with holes cut out. 
end quote. I think it's important to note that this statue was called the Statue of Lesbian Pirates, so I feel like there could be definitely some anti-LGBTQ undertones to some of these protests. But this just proves that Anne Bonny is able to rough up feathers even centuries after her death. And that was the life of Anne Bonny. Thank you so much for listening to the 12th episode of the third season of History Shelf. There are 15 episodes planned for this season. Next week's episode is going to be about James Ford. I hope you come back for that. A few things before we go. If you want to follow this podcast on social media, the TikTok is at History Shelf. The Twitter is at History Shelf Pod. The Instagram is at History underscore Shelf underscore Pod. The Facebook page is History Shelf Podcast. And the Snapchat is History underscore Shelf. If you want to help out this podcast financially, there are a few ways you can do that. One is you can buy merch from the History Shelf merch store. Or you can become a Patreon. This podcast is always going to be free, but there are some perks that come along with becoming a Patreon. The first tier is called History Student, and that is $1 a month. And with that, I will send out a thank you to you on all social media platforms that History Shelf is on. I will also choose one Patreon at random for each episode I do. And at the end of the episode, I will give that Patreon a shout out. The second tier is called History fan and that is three dollars a month and with that you get the first tier plus you get to vote in a poll that helps me choose the theme for the next season of this podcast the third tier is called history buff and that is twenty dollars a month and with that you get the first two tiers plus you will get a handwritten note of things mailed to you from me and the last tier is called history lover and that is forty dollars a month and with that you get the first three tiers plus you get to choose one item from the history shelf merch store you can choose any item that you want except for the zip of pudding you can also take out ad space on this podcast. I have a gig on Fiverr that lets you do that. There are also some affiliated links that you can click on. There is one for Riverside, one for Amazon, and one for Bookshop. If you click on one of those links and you buy something, that also helps support the podcast. But if you don't want any of the merch and you don't want any of the perks and you don't want to buy anything but you still want to help support the podcast, I've turned on listener support on Spotify for podcasters. The links to everything that I just mentioned will be in the episode description for this episode. But as always, the best way that you can help support this podcast is to just to continue to listen to it. And there are a few other ways that you can help out this podcast for free. One is if you are listening on a platform that lets you rate this podcast five stars and or leave a positive review. If you do that, that would be very helpful. Also, sharing this podcast on social media with your friends and family would be very helpful. All right. Well, until next time, keep learning, keep loving history, and come back for next week's episode. Bye.